Hey, hotcakes. Welcome to Hot Take, the podcast where we talk about how we're talking and not talking about climate. I'm Amy Westervelt. And I'm Mariana E. Tegler. This episode, we're going to do things just a little bit differently. We don't have a guest. We have just a few things that we are going to cover. It's more going to be one of our more pop culture type of episodes. We're going to talk about some TV shows. We're going to talk about some new podcasts. We're going to talk about a personal milestone in my life that I'm very excited to share with y'all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Amy already knows what it is, so she's excited. I'm excited. I'm just excited to hear you tell other people about Yeah, I mean, I've already told Twitter, but, like, it's really fucking exciting. All right. So, all right, Amy, what time is it? It's time to talk about climate. <laughs> Love it. So, before we get into stuff, I, I would be remiss if I didn't just ask... My friend in California, how are you doing? Ooh, it is bleak. I, I um I'm not in like orange sky territory, mm-hmm. so thankfully, um although my husband was working down there and sent me a lot of pictures. Yeah. <laughs> but now the um I was seeing like a bunch of people who are not in California on Twitter being like, Oh, that thank God the smoke has cleared in California. And I was like, I'm sorry. What? Yeah. I'm looking out my window and it's worse than it's been. But I think basically like the wind blew it out of the more populated yeah. areas of California. So um, yeah. yeah, but for me it's smokier than it has been. And I have to say like, I don't think I, I really don't think that the impact of the smoke can be overstated. Yeah. It's, it's really like, it's just gross. You can't go outside. You can smell smoke inside your house. And like my eyes have been stinging for days yeah. and my throat hurts. And like, yeah. it's just bad. And also PS, if you're a working parent, you're like dealing with your kids at home as it is. And now they also can't leave yeah. the house. So that is just a little extra piece of shit on top. Yeah. And like what, for folks who don't know yeah. what, part of california just in general are you in oh i'm in northern california sort of like in the sierra nevada a couple or three hours north of of the bay so yeah it was bad actually there's a, a pretty bad fire a little bit east of sacramento so the the air there was really bad and then i think that's the smoke that we're getting but then you know i'm like i i have um Larissa Aikida, who designed our yeah. merch, is here staying with me. And um, she came from Portland. And it's mm-hmm. like, you you know, it's crazy mm-hmm. there. I don't think I've... We were talking about this earlier. I don't think I've seen fires on the West Coast be this close to major yeah. cities. I guess maybe L.A. with, like, Malibu fires and yeah. stuff. Um, but, yeah, San Francisco and Portland. Um, so... Yeah. Yeah. What's interesting to me is that, like, I remember just like a, I think it was last year, maybe 2018, where people were like, they had this massive realization in public that cities can burn. I think it must have been last year because there are all these like fires very near like major bridges. And I was like, how did you not know that could happen? I mean, cities have burned before they're made of flammable material like how how is that not yeah oh I, and i think it also was a thing around the australia fires 
last year because they were so close yes, to big cities. Yeah. 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 And it's like, of course cities can burn too. You thought this was just like not your problem because it was a rural people problem. And, you know, like they yes. deserved it because they're backwards and rural, um, which is crazy to me. And we we had to delay our recording because you were um, not able to speak. Yeah, I lost yeah. my voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is a bad, bad thing for someone who's in the podcast business. <laughs> but yeah, my my throat was just like so um, raw from the smoke. And then, yeah, I just couldn't really talk. Um, I'm mm-hmm. so sorry. Yeah. Like, I... I just like I don't even know it's hard to even know what to say you know it just looks so terrifying and apocalyptic from over here and I know people are like well you know there's hurricanes on the east coast but I'm I'm so sorry like I know that Mm -hmm. hurricanes are devastating and and terrifying but they are not they're made of water and wind um And I interact with those elements on a daily basis. I do not interact with fire on a daily basis. (laughs) You know, like I can (laughs) walk through wind. I can walk through water in small doses. So that just makes it less scary to me. I cannot walk through fire on any level. (laughs) It's funny. It's, yeah, that's interesting. And then I also, I have found a lot of people who've never been, you know, in a fire prone area or whatever, like, um, uh talk about yeah but you know the the devastation from like a Katrina or even like Laura what we're seeing now goes on and on for weeks and I'm like yeah so do fires like have you not noticed that this has been going on since the first week of August because (laughs) it's been a while now and yeah um not that, and not to at all to get into like my disaster is bigger than your. No, because nobody wins that because... fight, right? Because our disasters are all no part wins. of the same yeah. disaster, which is the climate crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but mm-hmm. but speaking of hurricanes, I mean, it has been pretty scary to see the Atlantic hurricane system skip from L to S. It's that crazy. Fast. Um, it's crazy. And that one, um, that image I kept seeing everywhere of like five hurricanes brewing in the Atlantic at the same time. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. 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 So, um, I, I mean, I think people associate me with Katrina cause I've written about it before. Um, so people think that my family is on the coast, um, and they're not, they're like not even close to the coast, which is why Katrina was so jarring for us because it was such a big storm that it came that far inland. Um, and Sally, um, hasn't reached my family as of yet. Um, and I don't, I think it's just going to be a lot of rain where they are. Um, and just that's a lot good. of rain, right? Like that can be terrifying if it turns into floods. It turns, right. Exactly. Bad. Um, yeah. but it's not projected to do mm-hmm. that exactly where my family is, which is like to some degree. Okay. I feel a little grateful about that, but I also feel like, oh my God, this storm is so huge and I'm really scared of like. What's October going to look like? I mean, we'll talk about this more on our next episode where we're going to talk about the importance of local news economies. But in Hurricane Laura, which was massively devastating, the news cycle has really just left that in the dust. The Mm -hmm. news media kind of treated Hurricane Laura the same way it treated Cyclone Amphan, which was to just like treat it like a meteorological marvel and quickly move on. Um, And that's just 
Yes. That's really disturbing to me. It is disturbing. I'm, I was actually supposed to talk today to someone who's in Lake Charles mm-hmm. um, about how it, like, you know, 75% of that city is, like, uninhabitable yeah. right now. Like, people's roofs are still yeah. off. FEMA is nowhere in sight. Yeah. It is a fucking It's a toxic mess. dump. So, it's a toxic dump. And for everybody yes. who's saying, like, oh, this is like yes. chickens coming home to roost because the fossil fuel industry is cited, uh, or so much yeah. fossil fuel infrastructure mm-hmm. is no. cited in Lake Charles, please stop saying that. The fossil fuel executives do not mm-hmm. live there. Only, like, poor people and people who work for them, people who don't deserve this, live there. So think about that before you exactly. say that shit. Like, seriously. I know. I had people, like, I, I kind of said that on Twitter, and then I had people, like, defending their, I know. Yeah. Know, <laughs> their stance of being like, ha-ha, fuck you yeah. guys. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? It's so anti-Southern, <sighs> and I hate it. I hate it so much. show we did like a, I think it was about a month or so ago about Netflix's show The Politician um, we both had a lot of fun watching mm-hmm. that show they did a really um, interesting climate narrative in their second season and so we got a lot of comments saying hey you should do a review of I May Destroy You which is a show on HBO written and main character by this British black woman Michaela Cole yeah, and apparently it's, like, somewhat loosely based on her life, right? And, like, what happened. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. So she was the writer and director of the show Chewing Gum mm-hmm. on Netflix that mm-hmm. did really, really well. And then they wanted her to do a second season, and it was, like, all this great stuff. And then she had the sort of, like, writer's block that you see her, the character and I May Destroy You Oh, having. I um, see. It's, it's a phenomenal show, but we would be remiss to talk about the show without like a massive, massive trigger warning. So honestly, the reason it took me so long to watch the show was because I knew it was like extremely gritty and emotional and deals with sexual assault in unflinching in multiple ways. And I didn't want to get destroyed. You know, I was dealing with my climate grief in a different way in kind of August. Mm-hmm. Um, so it took me a minute to deal to actually watch the show. Um, so massive trigger warning, if you are somebody who's ever dealt with sexual assault or sexual assault is difficult for you to engage with, um, just know that, um, as someone who has dealt with sexual assault herself, I found the show pretty liberating. Um, so there's that it can have a healing effect. It can also have a re-traumatizing effect. So tread lightly if that's something that's disturbing for you. Yes. Yes. Totally. I, 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 and I, I have to say, I did not know that it was about that, that, and I mean, it's very much about that. Um, yeah, that's it. That's really what it's about. And when I started watching, I was like, oh, wow, I wasn't prepared. So yes, mm-hmm. good to know mm-hmm. that that's, that's kind of a, a primary focus of the show. Um, but mm-hmm. that said, yeah, I think it, it's incredible. Yeah. I thought it was really, really just like layered and smart mm-hmm. and there were lots of like I went back and rewatched things because I was like wait what mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, <laughs> and, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's a work of art. Um like she really did a great job with it. Um mm-hmm. and climate shows up in a lot of different ways to me. Um yeah. there's one big episode that's really all about climate. But to me, I started noticing climate on episode one. Um, and it shows up mm-hmm. to me as the background noise. Every time the characters yeah. are watching the news, it's about a climate. Um, it's about an, an extreme weather event. Yeah. <laughs> See me searching for the words. Um, but yeah, <laughs> um, there's like a hurricane, there's a fire, and they're just like blankly staring at the news. No one's commenting on right. it. It's just the background noise. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was actually pretty brilliant because that is, that really is how climate or functions in most people's lives. Is it's just the background noise. They don't know what to do. They're paralyzed mm-hmm. or, or just overwhelmed and staring at it. Um, and yeah, it just becomes like the, the understory, <laughs> which yeah. is almost what we named this show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. And then then there is an episode that is very specifically about mm-hmm. climate where the main character has become, um, I mean, she's actually, even at the beginning, she's sort of like a social media influencer. Yeah. And so, um, like, a friend of hers gets her a job with this environmental nonprofit and then they're like oh could you actually like do a bunch of videos for our instagram oh it's a vegan and store actually it's like a vegan, it's a vegan store it's a vegan that's grocery right. store that's right yeah <laughs> that's right that's right yes mm-hmm. and so she starts doing all these videos and they're telling her like what to say and then um and then there are all of these like exchanges that she has with her friends later where they're like, there's actually some pretty interesting conversations. I don't yeah. know. Like, what did you think about that? Yeah. The first thing I want to get into is that the store paid her more and paid her friend more for bringing her in specifically because she's black. Yes. Um, and so having That's her right. as an influencer, right. as a black person, they thought was um especially valuable and I thought that was really interesting because she's not as a black person you know told about the problem told about what they're trying to do and allowed to give her own spin to it they give her a script Mm -hmm. and they tell her what to say and they treat her as a puppet and of course that's not going to wind up working out and a little bit of a spoiler alert um, she, yeah. in the end, winds up deciding this is not what I want to do. And while the camera is rolling on what I presume was a live video, she breaks out yeah. like a piece of chicken and is like, yeah, I'm not vegan. I like chicken. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's right. She mm-hmm. does. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's a good point because it's like, you know, the thing that should make her valuable to them, which is like a different perspective Mm -hmm. and maybe like an ability to connect to a community that they're not good at communicating with or whatever Mm -hmm. they completely like destroy because they just give her this, you know, script that they have written. Exactly. (laughs) Because they don't want a new perspective. They want a new package. Right. You know, like they don't understand that maybe their approach is the problem, not necessarily their, you know, the body that they live in. So, yeah, that to me is the biggest like that's cardinal sin one. Yeah. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, And so the conversations you were talking about that happened later um, in the exact same episode are 
main character's best friend's birthday party. Um, and a bunch of her like longtime friends are there. They find out what she's doing and they're like, oh my God, you're a climateer. Like you're one of those people. Like that's colonialism. That's, you know, white people coming in and telling you what to do and blah, 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 blah. And like basically making it positioning the environmental movement or environmentalists as the, Mm -hmm. the, the racists and the bad guys who like, are trying to colonize her lifestyle. And I, here's what is this highlights for me is that first of all, this individual responsibility narrative does not work with this demographic and it doesn't work for an instinctual sort of reason. They know instinctively that this is not caused by their personal actions. Um, right. And that's always how I felt about climate change. That's always how I felt when I've talked about it in my own communities and other communities of color. There's like this immediate bristle when you say that you need to drive an electric car and you need to turn the lights off at night and you need like immediately that turns people off because right. we just got to a point where we can like choose what we want to eat for fucking breakfast. And you're telling exactly, me, you know? exactly. I've seen that argument. I've seen that argument play out on Twitter a bunch too, where it's like, mm. oh, it's soon, sure, as soon as like, you know, certain communities get access to capital, now you all want to say capitalism is bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which it's like, it yeah, capitalism is part of the problem, and I don't think that like, you yeah. Know, different people having more access to capitalism is the answer but if your answer is like basically you know uh 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 don't go getting too comfortable now we need everybody to sacrifice like yeah that's not gonna work right you know it just we just got to the point where we can buy a car at all you know what Mm -hmm. i mean like and now you have people like oh, this is this whole end of the world thing, your fault. And no, they know instinctively that it's not. So I, I, what right. I think that says to me is that because what also happens is our main character, Arabella, pushes back to her friends and says, yeah, but we are all fucked, right? Like climate change is a really fucking right. big problem. Um, right. But like nobody really knows how to engage with that. But like what would have helped her stay engaged would have been a collective action framework because that is also the cultural that is within the black aesthetic that change yeah. happens at the collective level and not at the individual level so yes going in with the shaming and blaming is an is an automatic recipe to lose them so as like I think that I, I saw a lot of people on Twitter and elsewhere saying that the show was making the case that black people don't care about climate. And I don't think that's what it was actually saying. I think what the show was saying was that this approach is an ineffective approach to black people. Yes. Yes. And I think it is. Yeah, that, it, I think, yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. Like when I, um, the entire reason that I started watching the show was to like watch this climate episode mm-hmm. that people were talking about. Right? right. And then, and it takes you like, it takes you a while to get to that episode, which was good. Cause I felt like, um, I don't know. You need you to build of, it like, up. Yeah. Get in the universe. You need to build it up and you need to like build, you know, you need to like, um, like these characters and mm-hmm. be like invested in what they're, what they're doing and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, like what I had been told was that, 
I don't know, it plays into this I, this stereotype that, like, yeah, black people don't care about climate change, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And then when I saw it, I was like, I don't, I actually think it's much smarter mm-hmm. than that. I think that, you know, it's, um, yeah, critiquing the way that kind of the mainstream climate movement tries to talk to everybody and especially um, to black people about right. this problem and what the solution is. Right. Um Right. You know what that makes me think of? There was this uh, article floating around a couple of weeks ago about uh, uh, journalists would do well to remember that not all of all readers are white. Um, And a lot of journalists of color were like, you headline writers would do well to remember that not all journalists are white. Um, (laughs) And that kind of like made me think of, you know, this makes me think of that because the environmental movement would do well to realize that not all would-be environmentalists or climate activists are white, right? So you can't lay the blame out in this blanket sort of way. And I think I may have talked about this um, on Hot Take before, but the first time I ever met a, a, like a cl- hardcore climate person was in college. Um, my freshman year in college at Overland was a Greenpeace volunteer trying to get me to sign up for like uh, one of those monthly donations. And he really came hard with the individual guilt narrative. And like, I did feel guilty. I did feel scared. I did feel like, oh God, I don't know what else to do other than like give you $20 a month. However, I did not have $20 a month. I cannot stress to you how broke I was as a college student. $20 a month was a lot of fucking money to me. And so I just like avoided his phone calls forever. And then he left me a very (laughs) angry voicemail about how this was the earth's last chance and I shouldn't play games like this. (gasps) That's terrible. Right? Wow. So you can imagine why I didn't really come to climate until 2014. I certainly can. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. See, that's the thing too, is like, I don't think people realize just how much of a turnoff that is. Mm -hmm. And like, right. And I remember remember... knowing, (laughs) Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say like on the class thing too. Like I, I remember I talked to this woman who was working on the plastic issue, maybe 10, 12 years ago. And she was like, um, I had been hired to help like do some copywriting for their organization and she was like okay we have to like I want to do a whole guide to like how people can you know get plastic out of their kitchen and I was like okay and so she starts talking and she's like you know yeah you got and like you know get rid of all your Tupperware mm-hmm. and I was like but what does that mean like get rid of like where does it go yeah you know? yeah and also like are you assuming that people have the money to like buy all new kitchens right stuff? I mean if you got <laughs> it like, keep it just like keep reusing it exactly so she was like well um she was like, oh, that's a good question. I mean, I just <laughs> gave mine to my... Yeah, you know what she said? She goes, I just gave mine to my cleaning lady. Oh, and I for was like, fuck's oh sake. Oh, my God. Sake. The minute you said that, I was like, please don't say she gave it to her maid. She sure did. She sure did. I mean, and I was like, oh, oh my God. for fuck's sake. This is like everything that's wrong with the environmental movement. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was like racist and classist all at once. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Uh, um, yeah, but I have to say I 
recently interacted with that same person and she has come a long long way awesome and she and she was like you know what I remember that conversation that Mm -hmm. we had and I remember being like what am I saying because I said I was like well I mean you can't say that that's not a solution Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. and and she she's much better. So good, good. I feel good. Like, yeah, love to see the growth. Um, love to see the growth. Like to see it. I like to see it. Yeah, but yeah, we're still on this damn narrative of like you just go spend more money to buy different stuff, and that will solve the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I don't think so. Oh, this is a good lead-in, Mary, Yeah. to your special news that you would like to share with everybody. Well, so folks, um, so I, I was up last night, um, couldn't really sleep all that well. What I like to do when I can't fall asleep is I like to troll, you know? I, I consider myself an amateur Twitter troll, um... And so the people I like to troll, you can probably guess, is the, the three Billy Goats of climate, or the four Billy Goats <laughs> of climate. Um, and that would be Chevron, Shell, BP, and Exxon. And I usually decide who to troll based on who has tweeted the stupidest thing the most recently. And that requires checking all four of their accounts. And um, I checked all four of them, and then when I got to Exxon, I've been blocked. I love this news so much. I, <laughs> I haven't even been blocked by Exxon. <laughs> this is... I, I, I think this is the moment where I go from an amateur Twitter troll to a troll troll, you know? Like, I feel like I've accomplished so something. Funny. And... Yeah, you're it, you're official now. It was yeah. so beautiful. I cried a little bit, you know, just like a little dab at the size of the eyes, just a, a, a glint in right? your eye. And I just, I, I look, I look back at all of my other interactions with Exxon, and uh, I haven't even been that mean to them, you little bitch. Yeah, you've like, been way meaner to BP. I've been way meaner, like. way meaner to Shell. I woke up last week <laughs> angry as fuck looking at the orange skies on my timeline. Just went to Shell's yeah. timeline and was like, you know what? Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Until I ran out of characters. Because why? <laughs> fuck them. That's why. Yeah. And That's right. Exxon blocked me because I showed them a, a, I don't know. There's two possible reasons Exxon could have blocked me. One was that I told all of them to go fuck themselves in one tweet, like a couple of days ago. And two, I responded to a tweet of theirs about Hurricane Laura with a article that said they knew about climate change 40 years ago being like this you. And either one of those is a bitch-ass reason to block me. And Exxon, if you can't take the heat, quit lighting the fucking planet on fire. If you can't take the heat, leave it in the ground, bitches! <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I also would like to point out that there are many Exxon subsidiaries, including Exxon Singapore, Exxon EU, Exxon UK, Exxon Natural Gas, and they will all be getting my foot in their ass. That's right. That's right. 
keep on. Oh man, I really hope that one day you're blocked by Exxon and all of its subsidiaries. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering, like, <laughs> what's it gonna take, BP? What's it gonna take? I know BP is really hanging in. I'm surprised. I have gone after BP harder than anybody else. I know. So maybe I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. Maybe they've muted me. But to anybody at home listening to this, if you want to get blocked by a fossil fuel company on Twitter, and if you're on Twitter Mm -hmm. and you don't want to be blocked by them, who do you want to be blocked by? Like, seriously, actually, don't answer that question. I don't want to know. But if you are on Twitter, troll Exxon for me. Seriously. It doesn't have to be anything serious. It doesn't even have to be anything hard. Just a quick good morning fuck you would be great. I feel like it'd be really funny if a bunch of people just said, like, Mary Hegler says, fuck you. Yeah. (laughs) Delete your existence. so good i mean you can't be a snowflake and a climate arsonist at the same fucking time like that doesn't even make sense exactly 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 i just yes yes you know i feel like i i'm really proud of myself for achieving this it's always been a goal of mine to be blocked on twitter by one of the big oil companies and this just Mm -hmm. gives me so much hope that like just knowing that someone at Exxon read but my not tweet. Enough. My favorite times to troll are when one, I'm feeling like my my biggest like climate anger, my climate rage. Two, mm-hmm. when climate Twitter gets to be unbearable and we're like eating our own. You know, so like mm-hmm. when there are like big fights happening on climate Twitter, I'm like, mm, let me go see what the four <sighs> Billy goats are doing. Cause fuck them. Yeah, em. that's a. That's a good idea, actually. Like, if you're getting annoyed by climate Twitter, take it out on the oil companies mm-hmm. instead. Mm-hmm. Also, if you're mad at your wife, you're mad at your husband, you're mad at your dog, you're mad at your mama, I don't give a fuck. Mad at anybody? Or just, like, irras- irrationally angry because yes. you fucked up the soup tonight. Take it out <laughs> on them. Let me tell you, it is cathartic. It's true. It is it is quite fun, I have to say. Yeah. Well, I'm going to have to step up my Exxon trolling then. Oh, yeah. You have to. That's it. That's it. I've got to do have it. You have to. My next goal is, I think, Chevron. Because... Oh, yeah. I was going to say, actually, Chevron is quite thin-skinned and mm. very into the idea. I think because they're headquartered in California mm-hmm. and not in, like, Texas, they're, like, really invested in trying to present themselves as like uh-huh. you know the socially responsible oil company and it's like yeah no chevron it's not happening i feel like bp yeah. does that a lot because bp oh big time it's yes. having bp week also bp's twitter handle is not easily searchable it's bp underscore plc so if you type in bp they don't come up first mm-hmm. and they're hardcore in the um the greenwashing camp and like right now they're having BP week. Um, Would you Mm -hmm. like me to do just like a quick uh, dramatic reading of of their latest tweets? Yes, please. Yes. (laughs) That was really fast. Bernard Looney draws BP week to a close with a reminder that for all 
our conviction and confidence and commitment. This is not altruism. If we get this right, and we fully intend to, we all stand to benefit. Okay, so first of all, Bernard, <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with a little altruism? You guys have been craving dickholes for like a hundred years. Right, Try right, it. right, 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 <laughs> right, right. Uh, secondly, we got at uh, drilled. We got leaked some documents and videos from BP, oh, and it was no. like their their whole brand strategy is, is. First of all, they're shitting their pants about the the youth climate movement. Which oh, is I great. bet, I bet. They're like, oh, my God, the youth hate us. What are we going to do? And their entire plan revolves around, like, you know, getting, like, some Instagram guru to, like, help them be cool. And I'm just like, yeah, that's not going to work, guys. Yeah. And then they have this whole, like, oh, we're doing this, we're doing that. Some of their things are good. Like, they are actually divesting from the petrochemical industry, so that's good. Most mm-hmm. of the other oil companies are, are like, doubling down on plastic. Mm-hmm. Um and they've made a few commitments around emissions reductions and all that kind of stuff. But like a big part of their whole plan is like what they're calling low carbon gas, which is just their new word for natural gas. Oh, so and it's the exact same thing. Because I'm seeing that a lot in their tweets. It's the same fucking shit. Oh. They're just rebranding it. See? See? I yeah. think every, yeah. like, look. Mm-hmm. Fuck it. You can have Chevron. I'm going for BP. I'm going for BP. It's my white whale. It's my white whale. Okay, so I've got another thing I want to rant about, which is Zac Efron's show on the Netflix machine. Oh, God. I know you didn't watch it, did you? Nope, I've just Good seen the trailer, you. and that's enough for me. Yeah, that is enough for you. That is, I would actually say that's too much for you. Um, you've got a lot to deal <laughs> with these days. Um, I've seen two episodes halfway, and uh, got to tell you, hated it. <laughs> I didn't go <laughs> oh, good. I'm so glad you got that reference to anyone who doesn't know <laughs> what that reference. You know, what? I'm not even going to help you, but <laughs> um, I fucking hated it. It was terrible. Yeah. I got two episodes in and it's like the most brotastic, shallow ass analysis going through the whole like it's a travel show about climate, which, OK, yeah, that comes with its own like automatic contradictions um but if you're going to do that i need you to not go with the old classic trope of well this country does it why can't america this super white country has drinking water for everybody why can't america like oh for why why because we're not fucking belgium dude and also go talk to the you know the marginalized communities in fucking Belgium, and let's see how happy they are. How about that? Yeah. Like, yeah, it exactly. just does it. He does a whole episode on access to clean drinking water in Paris. Oh, my God. Are you Come serious? On. Why can't everybody have this in America? Because America has mad black people, mad brown people, mad yellow people, and is really fucking racist. <laughs> Okay, France can give 
get away with this sort of fucking veneer because they've mainly outsourced their racism. However, you didn't talk to a single black person in France. They're there. And I would love to hear how many of these free-ass water fountains are cited in their communities. Also, Homeboy make carbon capture and and storage seem like a good thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, if it worked, it would be good, but... um... He had a carbon (laughs) diamond. Oh, God. I think, I don't know. I I didn't watch this shit sober, because why? Why would I do that? No one! Should be his audience. Yeah. And actually, you know what? Yeah. No one is his audience. The show fucking flopped. It yeah, didn't exactly. do well. What was the pitch meeting <laughs> for this fucking show? Right. Like, right. did he go in with his shirt off and like, I mean, I blind guess them with his pecs? I don't get it. I don't get it. Right. I don't get it. And I actually think that his approach is really harmful because this whole approach of like, I'm going to talk about climate through the lens of all of these, like, you know, tech bro-y kind of solutions, this framework is still very harmful because what this, what his show will wind up saying to that person is that it's all good, bro. We got solutions. People are working Mm -hmm. on this. It's cool. It's just that, you know, America is not up to it yet. But like, you know, America's always backwards. But Netflix, if you want to do a climate show, you know what you should do? You should give that shit to Zizi Beats, who is a... Exactly! Yeah, I would way rather watch her. Yeah. And she she had Mary on on her Instagram TV show that she's doing instead. About climate. Which is a waste about climate. About climate justice in particular, and it's great. Yeah, it was great. great. What I wanted to say is, like, I'm sure Zizi is savvy enough to get her show wherever she wants to get it. Um, But if you're looking for a show to watch about this, just go to her Instagram. You don't even need to pay Netflix. Just go to her Instagram and watch the show. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. And not just because I'm on it. She's got a lot of other amazing people on it. Yeah, it's good in general. Yeah. Yep. I want to make sure that we get to is that the critical frequency family is like had a litter. Oh yes, it's true. Yeah, I mean basically because of COVID, mm-hmm. um, everybody's schedule got moved around, and then everything just sort of like converged into like this mid-August to like early October time frame. So mm-hmm. we have we're I mean. From mid-August to mid-October, we're launching nine new shows. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. It's it's kind of insane. Uh, but, like, a good chunk of them are climate shows. So there's Generation Green New Deal, Inherited, Labor, which is not a climate show, but I co-host But it is it a climate show. Um, yeah, we talk about climate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's talk about Labor real fast because you and yeah. your co-host have, like, a lot of chemistry and I'm not, I'm not totally comfortable with it. Um, and it's a you have show. co-host envy. I, I work wife envy actually. Um, and it just it makes me uncomfortable. Like it's actually it's a really good show. It's about motherhood, so it's not something that I could even insert myself in. 
which is even more <laughs> fucked up. Like, I can't come on as a guest. Like, what am I going to say, right? Um, and, like, to have – to hear Amy in my ear, like, kiki with some other bitch – is really problematic <laughs> for me. Um, and it's like, I, I've listened to this show. It's good. It's good. Um, I can't even hate on it. But do you have to have that much chemistry with her? Yeah. I mean, you know, host chemistry makes for a good show. You gotta have it. You I don't give a it. shit. <laughs> okay. I'm used to Hot Take being the place where, like, the real Amy comes out because I listen to you on drill. You're like prim and proper. You curse every other six episodes and on here, like you turn into like a freaking heathen, which is great. Mm -hmm. And I thought that that was my effect. (laughs) (laughs) And then I listen to you over here on labor, just like slutting it up. Oh, it's true. I'm just dropping F bombs all over town. I, yeah it's true it's true it's hard for me Amy it's hard I'm sorry I'm sorry the other one is uh, uh, the other kind of not climate but has some climate like relevance is um a co-production that we did with Stitcher called Mm -hmm. Unfinished Short Creek and it is about this um fundamentalist Mormon community in uh, the Southwest. So the community actually goes across the state line of Arizona and Utah. And, um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's actually, fascinating. I mean, <laughs> it's really interesting, right? I found them really interesting. Like the, the beliefs of this community. And for me, I was kind of like, huh, it actually reminded me of that. Um, remember that essay, like a way back, I think it was Hayes Brown wrote it and it was like it's the end of days and I'm yes, a target. Yes. And then um, um wait, but more about that one, I've been finding yes. it really fascinating because also I think that as climate change accelerates and the world becomes more and more unpredictable and unstable, we will actually see more and more cults. Um, because people oh, try yeah. to make sense out of things. That's true. And I think we're already starting to see like the beginnings of that with all the conspiracy theories out there. Yes. Um, and I think Very more and more true. people and will. And all the QAnon stuff. Exactly. And, like, yeah. Exactly. Totally. And it's also like a lot in like the novels Parable of the Sower, which a lot of people are talking about these days. Parable mm-hmm. of the Sower is a series by Octavia Butler, which I highly recommend reading if you haven't yet. Um, where like the world stops making sense. So you start Uh to make sense out of it yourself. Um, and so I, I really do think that cults are something we should start to try to understand. Yes, totally. I think that's a very good point. Totally. So anyway, yes, we have, um, those shows, we have a music show called sound off. That's Mm -hmm. like a total break from everything. Nice. Um, (laughs) kind of needed which is nice it's kind of nice yeah and then um next month we have a show coming out called hazard that is um kind of an investigative podcast about the chemical industry Mm -hmm. which is very similar to the oil and gas industry um uses uses a lot of the same kind of tactics and then um at the end of this month we have the next season of drilled coming out which is about um this kind of long running mm-hmm. case in ecuador between ecuador and first texaco and now chevron because chevron acquired texaco so that one is it's just a crazy ass story it's so really, good really crazy 
It's so yeah. good. Amy let me listen to it. And um, y'all, if you're not subscribed, please make sure you are subscribed to Drill. Like I was on the edge of my seat. I thought you were going to let me preview the whole season, um, but she didn't. Um, however, Lisa I am a- like organized enough to have it all done. Yet, still, <laughs> like making changes. But I did hear at the end, like I started having like a panic attack. Like I need to know how the story ends. But um, I hear, yeah. I heard at the end of the episode that it will be made available to Patreon, yes. of which I am one. So I'll have yes. it. I don't know what the so rest of y'all are doing. So you should yeah. sign up for Drill's Patreon and then you won't have that problem. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yes. Yes, yes. You know what? Also, I'm like, yeah, fuck you. There's no climate stories. Like all mm-hmm. of these shows that I just mentioned are all narrative shows. You know, we ha- like never run out of climate stories to talk about on here. So right. like, there's plenty. There's, there's plenty. plenty. Thank you so much for joining us on this show, Amy Westervelt. Yes, yes. Thank you, Mary Hegler. What a great guest you were. I know. We were great guests for each other. Please stay tuned for our next episode. We're having Drew Costley on. um, And we're going to talk about the importance of local news to climate coverage. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Very much looking forward to that conversation. Also, make sure that you're following us on Twitter. I'm at Mary Hegler. Um, Amy is at Amy Westervelt and the show is at Real Hot Take. And don't forget to sign up for our newsletter too. We actually this week had a special subscriber only feature and cocktail recipe from the drink Mary was drinking during this episode. So <laughs> I call it you... the procrastinator because I made yeah. it while I was procrastinating. I was supposed to be just making yeah. a gin and tonic, get back to work. No, I went fucking wild. That's good. That's good. I'm excited. Um, Yeah. So we do that. Uh, Occasionally we'll send out extra features. We send out bonus segments of the podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, You get all of the features in the newsletter if you are a paid subscriber. And even if you don't pay, because I know everybody is a little hard up these days, we still give everyone at least one free feature plus a weekly roundup of all the climate stories that we think y'all should be reading. So it's worth signing up. Exactly. And if you can't sign up for a paid membership again, like Amy said, we understand, but you can also spread the word and who knows what can happen from there. Um, Also, please leave us a review on uh, iTunes. Um, It really does truly help us find new listeners. We actually, we were getting a lot of reviews in and then they just sort of dried up. So I've seen really nice things said about us on the Twitter machine, which like, oh my God, you guys are so sweet. Mm -hmm. Could you please say that on Apple iTunes though? Just like a quick type it in. You can copy and paste. I don't even care. You can also email us like your questions or ideas for shows. You can send them to hottakes at criticalfrequency.org That's hot takes plural. Um, If you also, if you have a negative review, please send it to brian.con at earther.com That's brian Mm -hmm. con k-a-h-n at earther.com um, That's right. Also, don't forget to troll the four Billy Goats of climate. Do it for me. Yes. Do it for all yes. of us. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs>
All right, right y'all. That's it for this time. We'll see you soon. All right, later. I wanted to just point out to you, did you notice how effortlessly I just said y'all at the end there? Oh, I'm very proud of you. Yes. It just slipped right out of me like it was just part of my natural speech patterns. Oh, that's, I, I love that. I love that. Um, I, I have a list of puns I would like to read to you. Okay. Um, they're all avocado-based, which I all right. really appreciate that as, works. as a Californian. I love avocado. Um, yeah. Uh, it's so much better than mayonnaise, isn't it? <laughs> isn't it? Uh, no. So, Amy, you're, you're a chip <laughs> off the old walk. <laughs> uh, yes. Birds of a feather walk together. Oh my god! I want a T-shirt no, that says that. I I feel like that probably exists. Uh, <laughs> walk a mile in someone else's shoes. <laughs> Why was the avocado followed by paparazzi? Why? He was a guac store. A guac, a guac star. star? Yeah. <laughs> oh, what did the sad avocado say? Um, I don't know what. It's a hard guac life. Oh God! I was trying to think of some, another guac pun and I couldn't get there. <sighs> what do you call an alligator that loves guacamole? A guacodile. Okay, shit, she's learning. Okay. Was it that? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> what do you get when you put jokes. no you're not you're not that good yet um what do you get when you put an avocado a tomato and an onion in a mosh pit uh i don't know a punk walk concert oh my god yeah Lord. there's more but i'll leave you with that okay all right well i'm pleased with myself for guessing one yeah, yeah. Uh, what did one avocado have say to the other? Um, you're the pits. Without you, I'm empty inside. <laughs> That's how I feel when I listen to fucking labor, Amy. Oh, it's so touching. It's not. It's not. I'm actually really hurt. Um, all right. That's it. All right. <laughs> Go okay. deal with dinner. All right.